Hello and welcome to Tap the Craft, an educational podcast hosted by two craft beer enthusiasts where we talk about craft beer in terms the everyday beer drinker can understand. My name is Denny Luce and I'm joined by my co-host and drinking buddy John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? You know, I was just on vacation and there was some drinking involved. Mm-hmm. And I think I need another vacation because uh, <laughs> I'm completely wiped out. Wow. The last couple of days of, of, the, of uh, my family reunion, everybody coming out here. I didn't even have to travel, mm-hmm. um, but oh, was I wiped? <laughs> but uh, you know, having a nice light beer tonight, uh, very refreshing, rebounding to get ready for the week. Okay, so. all right. Well, that's good. <laughs> I I understand that. Yeah, there's. Uh, was it late nights or was it just the fact that you? had so much time off where you could start drinking early and it just seemed like you were drinking all day for a week is which way did it roll some combination of the two okay <laughs> okay uh, well, yeah, it just depends on what we're doing but yeah there were there were a couple late pretty late nights and and a couple early starts so <laughs> hey that's the way that's the way you do it when you're on a beercation you gotta start early and end late that's that gets the max enjoyment out of all that good beer. Yeah. Then you combine that with two little kids and it's just magical. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I understand. I, those days were, are long behind me, but I do remember that uh, they can be a challenge with little kids. So I, I feel for you, but don't worry. You now get to go back to work and you'll be able to, you know, relax while at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, let's uh, let everyone know this is episode 31, and we're recording this on Sunday, September 27, 2015. And uh, on this show, we're going to be discussing a, a few things. Uh, we have a listener question, which is nice. We always enjoy our listener questions. We also are going to talk about an event that just finished up this weekend. It's the Great American Beer Festival. We actually had our listener, Robert, TPS Sponge, ask us a question on Twitter about, hey, what is up with this great american beer festival what's it all about and i thought it would be a great opportunity to discuss the festivities and the awards and just uh, let our listeners know about this this big giant beer festival event and to to finish it off we do have our listener participation tasting notes segment on the polliner oktoberfest martzen beer we're going to throw a little bit of a of a wrinkle into it because uh i guess i should have been more precise on which beer we were drinking because Polliner has two Oktoberfest. One is a wheat beer, a Weiss, a Weiss, and one is their Marsen. And it turns out that John and I have two different beers. So we're actually going to give you two tastings, one of the Marsen and one of the Weiss beer, the October uh, Weiss. So if you are like us and picked up one or the other, you'll be able to, don't worry, you're covered. We're going to talk about both beers. So this is going to be a two for one episode. Uh, this is a beer show, and John and I, we like to drink beer while we talk about beer. So, John, are you drinking something refreshing tonight? I am. Uh, I'm drinking the Sierra Nevada Brewhouse Regal Oktoberfest collaboration that we've talked about over the last couple episodes. Uh-huh. Uh, picked up another six-pack of this uh, with family in town for some folks that don't really like you know, hoppier beers mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I have something for them. And I uh, still got a couple left, so figured I'd get an Oktoberfest mood early. Ah, that's you know what? That's awesome. 
I was thinking that I'm, I'm glad you had some of those extra because as a fallback, if I couldn't find the Polliner Oktoberfest, I was going to ask if we could do this, that beer as a, as a tasting. But hey, no problem. We've got, we've got Polliner coming out of our ears. So yeah, I am also drinking something in a lager style. It's not the Oktoberfest lager, but it is a local Boise brewery, Payette Brewing, and it's their Fly Line Vienna Lager. I'm sure I've had it on the show once or twice before, and I've mentioned it, before, you know, lots of times. But it's a seasonal release. It's no longer in production. I had two cans left. I was saving one for you, John. I'm bringing this week when we meet up. You're gonna have a sample of one of those cans, and I'm drinking the other one right now because I wanted to keep it in the lager style since we have that tasting. I don't want to, you know, I have a lot of different IPAs and some sour beers and stuff. I thought, you know, it's not good to drink something high flavor or very on, you know, on the opposite side of what we're, we're going to be tasting. Cause I didn't want to wreck my palate for it. So I'm drinking the fly line and I hope that uh, John, you're able to enjoy it uh, too. When I, when I bring it to you this week. Definitely love a Vienna lager. And for those listening at home, I was doing a fist pump. All right. Really it doesn't, doesn't really come through audio very well. I, you know what? I think I heard the wind, you know, as you were pumping it. It was like almost like a sonic wave was coming through the mic. Yeah. So I think I'm using a pretty heard. powerful, pretty powerful fist pump. So. All right. Excellent. <laughs> well, you know, John, with all that drinking you were doing this past week, you had to have at least a noteworthy beer or two to talk about. You have anything you want to talk about? Yeah, so once I waded through the uh, liquor and homebrew uh, that I was drinking uh, quite a bit of uh, as well, I did did make some time for some some craft beers uh, for local Seattle ones, and we we took everybody up to the Snoqualmie Falls uh, outside of Seattle, and when you go there, it's pretty much a requirement that you have to go to the Snoqualmie Brewery. Oh yeah, so we we all stopped and. Uh, had some lunch and I enjoyed a bunghole, um, <laughs> oh. which is, uh, they're, they're, uh, double Brown, uh, mm. that they had on. Um, it was really nice, uh, real nice, uh, like kind of chocolatey character, um, little toffee, but it was really smooth for being uh, a big, big beer. It drank really easy. Mm. Um, and it spurred a bunch of bunghole jokes around the table. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's always fun, oh, yeah. especially after you've been dr- drinking a little bit. And then the other one I'll, I'll mention uh, is the Georgetown Brewing Lovely Rita, uh, which was an Imperial IPA clocked in at like 10%. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, it was another just really solid beer, nice blend of, you know, different hop flavors that, you know, nothing uh, really dominated and it wasn't, you know, muted it they all just came to play very well together mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoyed that one um yeah, although i didn't realize it was 10 percent when i ordered it uh so i'm glad i saw i saw it later before i just kind of drank it real fast because it, it i really could have <laughs> um it, it was a really easy easy drinking beer as well so uh how about you danny i know you you had some uh expeditions as well this past week. I, I did. And as I mentioned in the last episode, um, last weekend, my son and daughter-in-law, my wife and I, we drove to Eugene, Oregon, from Boise. 
and we saw we went to the duck game they were playing georgia state not a, a super powerhouse game thank goodness because uh as we saw this weekend uh the ducks were uh you know they're a little bit not the team they were last year for sure uh it it kind of came out it was it was kind of coming out in the first couple games that we saw and then last weekend it really was pretty you know we realized that these the ducks just aren't quite performing the way they they have in the past and then this weekend of course with that huge loss to the Utah Utes at home uh it was just a kind of a waking call that i already knew it was there but all the the hype is now kind of crashed so um oh well but hey we had a great trip in Eugene and we got to go do a little tailgating before the game it was an early game the game started at 11 o'clock last weekend which is unheard of i think that's the earliest game they've they've had there in in at least a decade if not longer i don't remember any early games like that when i had season tickets uh, back you know several years ago but uh we did a little tailgating before the game started and tailgating at you know nine o'clock in the morning is can be tough but what made it nice is at the uh the beer garden area uh, where the beers are very expensive. In fact, $12 for a 20-ounce beer, $9 for a 16-ounce beer. So that's pretty hefty prices. But they were providing some nice uh, craft beer options. And one of them is the local brewery right there in Eugene, Hop Harvest, which John and I both have mentioned them uh, on the show numerous times for their different beers. And they had their Citrus Mistress was available for the same low price of twelve dollars for that twenty ounce beer. I couldn't, I couldn't pass up. I had to go and, and get that beer. It was either twelve bucks for that or twelve bucks for the whatever Bud Light or Coors Light or whatever. I, I hey, it was no brainer. I was going to spend my money and get that good quality craft beer. So, I just wanted to uh, do raise a little fist pump in for good college craft beer. Um, it's it's good to see that there's there's good beer. Besides, you know, something like a Blue Moon or a Sam Adams, you know, I, I like to see the local stuff. Um, while we were there also, we did visit, we were going to visit Ninkasi, but uh, because we really didn't have, uh, the, the timing was just kind of bad and we were really hungry and Ninkasi doesn't have any food at their brewery, so we were going to go to Ninkasi after we ate. Well, we decided to go eat at this other local brewery that I never heard of called Falling Sky Brewing. And they have a little delicatessen with some, with, with a lot of beers. They had like 18 beers on tap, I think. And I did a flight of eight of them. I think it was eight of them. Yeah, eight. And, uh, I was impressed. Um, I, not everything was like great, but there was probably at least half of them that I really thought were a, a well representation of the style that they were, that they were trying to do. Uh, so, um, I recommend that if you guys go through Eugene, you just go ahead and stop, get a little food at this, this little, uh, delicatessen, like, uh, gastro pub type food and uh, try their beers. Uh, so we didn't make it to Ninkasi, but we did on the way over. We, we drove through Bend and we stopped at the Schutz pub and we wanted to get some good, they have good food at their pub. And I always like to try out the beers that I can't get in, that they don't distribute in bottles. Uh, and, I was able to get a couple of them. The one I'll talk about, the first one is the Mart is their March Center Oktoberfest. I never had their Oktoberfest 
before, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a great, a uh, great Martzen lager. I, I mean, it, it was really smooth. Went down. Literally, she brought me the beer, and I drank that sixteen ounce beer before she came back to get our order. Uh, and she was like, "Whoa, you really like that? You want another?" I said, ah, "Let me try something else." So I tried a couple other things, um, but I, my wife, um, wanted she really wanted to have a beer, and they had a gluten free beer, and she's not supposed to drink. Uh, too much beer, but she got a, a full pint of this Northwest uh, gluten-free Northwest Pale Ale. And I'll tell you what, I took a couple sips of it myself, and I have to admit, probably the be- one of the best gluten-free beers that I've I've had. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to mention to anyone out there that that has a uh, someone that lives near Bend and that needs to have some gluten-free beers that. That option is is a very good one. So, is that a uh, hop forward pale? Because I, some of the best like gluten free stuff that I've had is either you know pretty hoppy or uh, has some nice like Belgian character to it that can sometimes kind of mask some of the you know not necessarily beer backbone that you uh-huh. like, expect. Um, was that that? It, was that hop forward or was it uh, you know? It was it was balanced. It did have the malt forward, but it had a um, it had a really nice citrus type uh, hop finish. That kind of you know a lot of times you'll be missing out on on. I mean, the, the thing that gives the gluten free beers some extra oomph is that is that hop presence in it. And it wasn't in the front. It was it did have a more malty front, but the finish was was very nice because it had this nice subtle citrus finish citrus hop finish that just uh, made it more like a pale ale and not like a well more like a northwest again it's called a northwest pale so they were think they were, they were trying to to really focus on uh the the hop the northwest hop uh, finish versus their like their mere pond which is more of a of a, a malty pale uh, so yeah it's it's a uh, it's kind of a it's a weird one. It's it's uh it's not a a hop bomb like I, like I've gotten with some of the gluten freeze, but it's just has a nice balanced flavor with a citrus finish. So you know um, we're looking forward to trying that Ghostfish Brewery, and and you know they actually won two awards in the Great American Beer Festival for their gluten free beers. So um, it'd be yep. great to be able to try some of those fresh. So now moving up to this past weekend, I, I don't want to drag on forever, but I did have a couple of nice events we Sarah and I went to yesterday. And there was actually four events, beer-related events going on in Boise at the same time yesterday, which is unheard of to have that many events. We went to two of them. One was the Oktoberfest held downtown where they had a bunch of German beers and also local beers that were uh, lager, Martzen lager style beers and some wheat beers too. Uh, and so we went to that guy, a nice little mug with the, uh, with the, the name of the, it's old Boise Oktoberfest and it has the 2015 and, and uh, I drank uh, several beers there, really had a good time, but then it got kind of warm because it wasn't positioned in the best where the sun was like blasting right on us. So about an hour and a half into that, we decided to head to the next event, which is Ten Barrel Brewing, was having their Beer Wars, their IPA Fest, where they bring in 
30 IPAs and do from five different regions. In fact, they're coming from California, Oregon, Washington, I, uh, Boise, and Idaho is the fifth one. So there's one section that had six beers just from Boise. The other section was other Idaho beers that were uh, from the rest of Idaho. And it was a double blind tasting. So you didn't know which state you're drinking and you didn't know which brewery you're drinking. And it was, I mean, 30 beers is a lot of beers. And they were four to five ounce tasters. I mean, they're supposed to give you four ounce tastings. But, you know, some of those guys are heavy handed. And that, that, <laughs> that thing would fill up to, to, you know, the almost the, like the six ounce mark, uh, pretty, you know, pretty regularly. So after I already drank about, I don't know what it was. It was probably, uh, I had three beers at the Oktoberfest and that was after I already drank some beers at home. Uh, I then went to this thing and I say, you know what? I don't think I can drink more than five samples because all these are IPAs and they're all high alcohol. And I, I had been out in the sun all afternoon and I just didn't want to get dehydrated and, and get sick. So I opted to, what they were offering was you could get, well, if you got your tickets pre-ordered earlier in the day, you could get a, a snifter glass. It's a full-size snifter glass. Actually, I, yeah, yeah it's an eight, an eight ounce snifter glass. It's a pretty good size snifter. Um, and 12 tokens to try to 12 different beers. Uh, that was like the deal for 15 bucks. And that's a really good deal uh, if wow. you – yeah, if you were going to do that. Um, I came in and I they were selling the glass for $5 and then you could buy how many tokens you wanted. So I went ahead and got the glass and five tokens because I knew I didn't want to go – I was thinking about doing 10 tokens. I said, no, uh, you know, you start drinking a lot. You know, I'm, I'm going to add in just the five tokens alone. A minimum was, a, was another 20 ounces of IPA. In reality, it was more like 25 ounces. I, you know, you double that. That's another 50 ounces of IPA. I just didn't want to overdo it. So I opted for five. And that was a good number because it allowed us to try one beer from each of the five states. And that's what we did. And uh, it's uh, very, very strange to walk up to an unknown state, you know, state number three, and ask for beer number 11. And you have no idea what state or what IPA it is. And... I was so shocked that there was, I mean, of the five beers, it was a wide range between them. There wasn't like they were all kind of close. It was like I had one beer that was like crappy, no flavor beer. And I had another beer that had good piney, like huge piney notes in the nose and a huge piney flavor. And I loved right away. And then there was some in between that that had uh, either a good aroma and and good flavor, but maybe a little bit, you know, lighter in the, in the hop oils and stuff. So it wasn't as, as heavy. And then I'd have some that were like almost sessionable. And what's funny is the one beer that was like right in the middle, I, I was my third choice probably if I were to rate them, which one, um, is a local beer that I love. I drink it all the time, but something wasn't quite right with the tap, I don't think, because this one tasted like it was, I, I could have swore it was a session IPA. It had good flavor and good nose, but it felt like it was just lighter in the body. The body didn't have that same oomph to it, and it just felt like it was more sessionable. And the and that bitterness and the hop finish didn't last through it. It kind of like faded away right away. Uh, it turned out that that was my Payette Brewings Outlaw IPA. No longer can be called Outlaw. It's now going to be called the Rustler, 
because Outlaw was taken by another brewery, and that was uh, something that just went on, uh, you know, around here that had to change their name. But uh, I was shocked. I would have never guessed that was the Outlaw because I drank a lot of it, and I never had that experience where it was a thinner version of the beer that I enjoy. Do you have any any mm. insight on what might cause that? You think maybe a uh, you know the keg uh, just wasn't right? Uh, sounds like it could have been a carbonation issue, which unfortunately can be kind of common at, at a festival environment. Okay. You know, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Could, could be an older keg or something if the bitterness was dropping out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so you, you did find out what you had tasted. They did announce it later. Yeah. Yeah. So we left, um, Gosh, it was like a little after six and seven p. Maybe about six thirty, we left, and they were going to announce the winners. It was like you could use your phone and text the 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 state and the number of beer that you liked. You know what you liked the best, and then they were going to announce the winner. So California won with the most votes, and they announced this at seven p.m. So we didn't stick around, and then they they named the beers that uh you know that that won, and then at that point they released all the beers, and so now people could go and buy tokens, and you could actually see what beers that you were gonna get. Uh, if I would have come after seven, I would have been happier because I would have gone, I would have got the pizza port brewing that I never had. I would have got the um, uh they had a uh, oh my gosh, no, I can't think. They had a bunch of breweries that i hadn't tasted oh they had freem brewing too they had freem they had pizza port they had uh a couple more california ones but uh but yeah i it was kind of blind so the one that the and the funny thing is the one that i had gave the worst rating i guessed what brewery that was because i've had nothing but bad uh beers from them uh, i don't name it on the air because i don't want to you know make anyone, you know, have uh, doubts in them, but I just don't like their beer. Some people love their beer, but I just don't. It was actually a rye IPA, and you know, John, how much I love rye in my beer. And this yeah. beer had zero nose, no aroma. I, I I could not smell a thing in this beer, which was odd for an IPA to begin with, but then to be a rye IPA and not have any of that rye character I thought was very bizarre. And tasting-wise, this beer was bland. It just didn't have any flavors. I didn't get any of that rye that was coming out. I didn't get anything. It was just a bland, blah, blah beer. And it just, uh, it was kind of sad that they, you know, that they put rye on that beer and it just didn't have any backbone to it. Hmm. So what was your, what was your winner of the, of the five that you had? So the winner was from mine was the very first beer that, that I tasted and it was from the state of Oregon and it was, Actually, ten barrels from from the Portland Brew Pub. They brewed it because now Ten Barrel has a brew pub just like the one in Boise and in Portland. Uh, they brewed it. It's called the Pearl IPA. Uh, if you love piney piney IPAs, then you'll love this beer. I really enjoyed it. Right after, right from the first sniff, I was like, "Oh, this is good." And in its taste, uh, it was uh, it was really good. So that was that was our our choice. Uh, the second one was a brewery in Washington. No. Uh, oh, I got excited. <laughs> no, the, the, actually, you know what? It was, uh, I think the second one was the Soul Surfer 
IPA from Green Flash. Um, and the third one was, of course, the Payette Outlaw. The fourth one was the one from Washington. It's Everybody's Something. or uh, It's in a small town somewhere in Washington. And it was, uh, I don't know what it's called, Old Country Boy IPA or something like that. If you look on my untapped, I, I uh, checked into it this morning. But uh, it was more of a, st- I mean, it was called an American IPA, but in my opinion, it was more leaning towards an English IPA style. It had a lot of that malt um, and that kind of nobly hop flavor, like it would be an English or an or East Coast IPA. Um, it was good, though. I enjoyed it. it. Just, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't have called it a Northwest or American. Well, I guess I could call it American if it's East Coast American. I guess that's true. But I would have said it was more on the side. I would have said it's, if I were tasting as a beer judge and my novice, no experience beer judging, I would have said, oh, this is an English IPA. But that's my opinion. So I, I okay, yeah, it's everybody's brewing country boy IPA. Yeah, yeah. And you, I, I gave it the same rating as you. Okay. Did you have any notes on it when, when you? Uh, I said decent aroma, but the flavor isn't really there. Yeah, okay. Is what I said okay. um, February of 2014. Okay, so that was a while ago. Yeah, I don't blame you for not remembering because uh, it, it was okay. Did, did you taste that in a at a brew festival, or a, is that something that you can get in your area? No, this one I bought. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. I should. You know what? I should have looked up and seen if you uh, had tried that one. Well, you didn't know what it was. Uh, no, but I did this morning. Oh, after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you, but then I then I couldn't ask you on the show, so it worked out. It worked out okay. Yeah, it wouldn't seem as genuine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that that's enough talk of all this uh, beer activities. We did have fun, and if something like this happens in your area, I recommend trying. It's kind of it's kind of fun, even though uh, it's it's like it's like you're gambling, right? You're you're playing the the roulette wheel on what beer you're gonna get. You may like it, you may not. So. That's 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 all part of the game. All right, we had a listener question from our buddy David, Yojimbo2000 on Twitter, and he asked this. Do you buy new beers based on ratings, labels, or bottle shape? Or just buy them because you haven't tried them yet? And uh, this is a great question. And uh, me personally, uh, all of them. All, every, everything he said, I have bought a beer based on the ratings because you hear it's great, you know, uh, the, the label because the label's fantastic. In fact, I bought my first Lagunitas beer, the censored, strictly on the label. I saw the, that censored uh, bottle. I said, um, if they're censoring it, it's gotta be good. And I fell in love with the very first beer I bought. Same thing with Flying Dog Brewing. When Flying Dog came to Boise back in 2002, they brought their, their first beer they brought in was their, uh, flying dog, uh, their pale ale. What's that? Um, uh, doggy style pale ale. That's what it's called. And I bought that beer based on the artwork. The artwork was fantastic. I didn't care what the beer tasted like, but I wanted to save the bottle because the artwork was so good. And you know what? Yeah. That, that beer yeah, was good too. Artwork. Yeah. But uh, they have great artwork, and the beer was fantastic, especially back in 2002. Again, 
that was in the early stages when we're you know the beer the the craft beer craze wasn't as big right it was getting it was starting to to move in that direction but it was still you know kind of a small localized thing you didn't get a lot of beers from outside your area and this one came in from Colorado at that time but once Flying Dog moved out to the east coast they stopped distributing to Boise which was sad because I did enjoy their their beers are you able to get Flying Dog in the Seattle area John you know, I've had a bunch of Flying Dog, but I can't recall if it was when I was back east or here. Okay. I know I haven't bought any in recent times, so maybe not. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so you buy beer uh, because it's beer, and uh, I pretty much do the same. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I a lot of times I'll put an emphasis on things I haven't tried before, mm-hmm. um, just because I, you know, want to experience it, and then. Uh, if, if something has a flashy label or something, I'm going to be drawn to it. That's just marketing and what they're they're trying for anyway. But uh, yeah, and then unique bottle shapes uh, are also fun because I'll, I'll reuse a lot of bottles for mm-hmm. homebrew, and then yeah. it, it makes my homebrew look even snazzier. Oh yeah, so yeah, I um, I, um, I didn't buy them just for the bottles, but Grand Teton Brewing when they offered their special reserve stuff early on in their when they were doing that thing there, I mean, they still do it now. They have special reserve thing, but they went a little cheaper just using 25 ounce bottles and, and putting uh, regular caps on them now, but they were using the uh, resealable stopper bottles. uh, The flip tops. Yeah. The flip tops and on their 25 ounce bottles, 25 and 26 ounce bottles. And I have, I'm looking at a collection the ones that didn't break in my, I that, those are the ones I lost in my, in my collapse in my beer wall. But uh, I'm looking at six bottles right now, and those are are pretty cool bottles, especially if you are a home brewer because you could use the bottle, and uh, and home and, and use it for your own home brew, a resealable nice bottle. Uh, so so those are nice. I mean, those are nice bottles. Also, Rogue, they offer a couple of their beer, their barley wine, their double X, double IPA. And their stout, I think, Imperial Stout, they have these ceramic bottles that are also um, those those flip-top lids. Again, unique bottles that can be reused. And also, uh, you know, just, again, they're, you know, they're jet black with red lettering and blue lettering. It stands out. It just is a nice bottle to have in your collection if you collect bottles. So, yeah, I can see doing that, too. So, hey, everyone out there, let us know how you select your beers. Are you, in, you know, are you tempted more by the label or more by the bottle or more by the fact that you just haven't tried that beer or from reputation of the brewery, you're just willing to try it because you heard good things from that brewery. So, hey, write us at Twitter at Tap the Craft or write into us on our email at Tap the Craft at gmail.com and let us know what tempts you into buying your beers. Okay, now it's time for our Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And for this show, we are going to discuss the Great American Beer Festival. And John, I understand that you have actually attended the Great American Beer Festival at one time. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what the Great American Beer Festival is all about and give us a little bit of insight on your personal journey with, with that festival. Absolutely. So 
I attended the Great American Beer Festival two years ago uh, with my parents and uh, my wife and actually my uh, four-month-old son at the time. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of looks as Kristen was wearing uh, Charlie around the festival. Um, but uh, it so the festival, it, it spans, uh, I think, four days. Uh, we went on a members-only day. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to be a member of either the Brewers Association or the Homebrewers Association. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and there's, they have supposed to have special beers out and different things uh, as well for that day. But, you know, it's just you get a glass, you go in, and you taste beer. There's no tokens. There's no nothing. You just taste as much beer as you want. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, to go along with the festival – there is a uh, competition for all the commercial breweries, and it's the uh, largest commercial beer competition in the world um, because the Homebrews Association National Ho Homebrew Competition is actually the largest oh, okay. uh, beer competition in the world. And uh, I think this year they had 7,500 entries, and the year before they were over 8,000 um, wow. in that one. So. Yeah, that's a lot of beer to, to judge. Um, but the GABF is held in, in Denver every year. Um, this was the 29th year, and uh, definitely uh, go if, if you get that opportunity. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, and, and the city of Denver is just a great host, and all the local breweries and restaurants and everything are, are putting on tons of beer events outside the festival. So... Um, I think if I was going to do it again, I would go to the festival for a day mm -hmm. and then just the rest of my time, I'd be just be popping all over the city uh, to different events. Um, I think it'd be just an awesome experience. Yeah. Um, but uh, the competition itself, uh, there's 92 categories this year, which uh, covered 145 different uh, beer, beer styles. And um, this year there were 6,647 entries, uh, which was a 20% increase uh, over 2014. Mm. Um, and that was from 1,552 breweries from 50 states uh, plus uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, that's a lot of folks yeah. uh, trying to get their beer entered. Um, and from what I understand, it's not a cheap competition to enter um like a few hundred dollars per entry uh to to send in oh um, for, for each beer that the brewery wants to enter they have to pay a, a entrance fee yeah hmm. yeah uh, i can't remember the the latest number i heard but i know it's uh a couple at least a couple hundred bucks but uh th this year there were uh 242 uh, expert judges from 15 countries uh, that, that judged the competition. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's enormous and um, we'll, we'll go into judging a little bit, uh, a little bit more um, in a bit, but uh, just a, a bit of a um, summary for this year's uh, festival. There were 750 breweries in the festival hall. They were serving 3,800 different beers <laughs> 60,000 people attended um, at 80 bucks a uh, person yeah. each, uh, per day that they, that they uh, <laughs> attended. 
3,400 volunteers um, for both the festival and the competition well, combined, not each. But uh, And then uh, for the competition, there were uh, an average number of 72 beers entered per category. Mm. So it's just an enormous event, and it's really nothing that you like no, nothing you've experienced from any other kind of festival. Um, it's just uh, really fun. So, so, so thirty eight hundred beers in the festival itself. Were you able? I mean, I know it's more than what you did when you went, but there were still probably you know two thousand something beers when you went. Were you able to taste all all the beers? <laughs> <laughs> or did you what do you uh, think your percentage of beer tasting you actually did you got i only maybe... got to at least like 1900 <laughs> when i was there no, i think i was somewhere in the uh like 20 to 40 range wow uh, in like a four hour session so so how did um, you pick how did you pick which ones were going to make the cut and which ones weren't did you just go to the breweries that you just want to try or how'd you do that so there was some of that, um, some going to places that I'd heard about, but maybe don't get here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try, like I went and had uh, zombie dust from Three Floyds there. Um, I went to a couple of Ohio places that had opened up after I had left. Um, and then other other times there was just a, a lonely poor, and <laughs> I, I'd go talk to him. So... <laughs> Um, and were you surprised? Was was those lonely pours? Were they? What was it actually a, a like a surprise beer that was good, or was it lonely because of a reason? A lot sometimes just because nobody, there's no name recognition. It's yeah. a smaller place, um, and you know, talking to them, they'll give you you know what they they perceive as the favorite or the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, some of those I, I did enjoy. Um, I did have one. Uh, that the guy was really excited and gave it to me. And then I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't really like it. Um, but he's like, taste it and then come back and we'll talk about how to brew it. And I tasted it and then just like slowly backed up until <laughs> someone else engaged him and, and walked away. Um, oh. So, uh, but yeah, it's really fun. And uh, although I will say it just reaffirms that uh, drunk people can be real jerks. Oh yeah. Um, Later, later in the, during the festival, uh, or during our session, I should say, uh, I, I had stopped to, to get a beer, um, and everybody was kind of moving towards the front of the, of the hall. And so I, I got my beer and I was looking for my, my group. And so I'm kind of scanning the crowd and, uh, unknown to me, a whole bunch of people were watching, waiting to see if I was going to step in the puddle of vomit that was in front of me oh, uh, that no. I had no idea was there. Cause I was, you know, looking for people and rather than tell me, Hey, stop. Yeah. Step to the side. Uh, they waited and then, uh, cheered and made fun of me as I stepped in it. Um, which really sucked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. other than that, it was a really good experience. Okay. So. <laughs> well, uh, that's too bad that, that there was that one, uh, yeah, I guess there would be some puke, I guess, with a lot of beer drinking that might happen. But yeah, people should be nice and, you know, let people know, hey, watch out. You don't want to get that on your shoes. Yeah, but, you know, something like this, it definitely gives you the whole gamut. I mean, you see people that can totally take care of themselves and can 
be uh, responsible and, you know, respectful of others. And then you see the complete other end where people are basically being carried through by their friends yeah, because they can't like, they've just (laughs) gone too hard and they can't like walk or they were drinking before the festival or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, Which is really too bad. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, overall very positive experience and I I recommend it at least trying to go. Yeah. So yeah, for one day, one session, right? I mean, would you recommend just one session, or do you think if you have the money and time, you should do more than one, or you think one is enough to get the experience and and try some beers that that you may not have been able to try otherwise? Um, yeah, like we mentioned, it is expensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think everybody's different. Some people really enjoy that environment. Um. For me, I think I would do one and then go do other events. Yeah. Okay. Um, that are a little more focused, uh, you know, which I think would be pretty interesting. Yeah. But, no. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's a, a good way of doing it. I think those other events, um, you know, will be might give you a little bit different perspective, and you might get more enjoyment out of it, and and not, I don't know, in a more relaxed environment too, because I'm sure those events are in other pubs and things where you can just kind of sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, John, you mentioned that this is also a competition. So with any competition, there's got to be some kind of a judging. And you mentioned there's 242 judges from around 15 countries. Uh, and that's, that's insane. That's a lot of judges to judge all these beers. So how did this uh, judge panel, how did they, they do their job? Well, they were assigned to provide a gold, silver, or bronze medal to the breweries that were recognized to be, like, the top of their craft for that category of beer. And these war awards are among the most coveted in the industry. That The winners of a gold, silver, or bronze can then use that prestige in their advertising campaigns and, and bring more people to recognize, hey, when they see a gold medal or a silver or a bronze even on the, the label of a beer, then they know that, that beer is going to have some kind of a solid award-winning background to it. So you're not you're going to get a good beer. So, hey, this can go a long way to promoting these smaller breweries. And the judging seg- uh, sessions, there was five different three-hour judging sessions that took place over a three-day period during the week of the festival. And the judges, they're assigned beers to evaluate in their specific area of expertise. And of course, they're never going to be allowed to judge their own beer or any beer that they have some kind of a association with. So it's going to be a non-biased, hopefully a non-biased uh, judging thing. Even though these are all blind judging, right, John? I'm assuming that nobody knows what they are. They're just tasting beers and they're writing it down. And then at the end, you know, whoever gets the the highest recognition. Is that true or is this judged differently? No, it's, it's blind. And, uh, un- unlike, you know, our tastings that we do, mm-hmm. um, my understanding is that like the notes and things like you're, you're not providing feedback. The, the brewers don't care what, you, <laughs> you know, what you, uh, perceive or think they should change. They, you know, um, so you're more writing notes for yourself or if, you know, something had something wrong with it. So the brewer is aware, mm-hmm. um, of why, you know, they may not have won or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's all blind. Um, and, uh, uh, pretty intense, uh, sessions. Cause they okay. go through a lot of beer. Okay. So. 
All right, and uh, just to let you guys know that uh, they have an option of providing gold, silver, and bronze to each of the categories, but if the judges deem that one category doesn't necessarily have one beer that is exemplary above everything else, that's like the the one that sh is is like the the golden goose of the style, then they don't have to award a gold. So there could be a category that only has a silver and bronze because none of the beers were really showing that excellence and that's that proved that that style uh, that, that showed the style of, of beer to the the best performance. I hate that rule. I, I, to, to me, it's a it's a competition. Mm -hmm. These are what entered. There's going to be a first, second, and third. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you split hairs on the rest, but let come on. You're going to say that of <laughs> of everybody that entered, an average of seventy two in there mm -hmm. that no brewery in the country can can do this. Well, uh, I don't know, John. Well, I don't know. Well, what about <laughs> the awards criteria? How are these judges deeming whether a beer is a gold, silver, or bronze? So the the way that they, you know, shape this is that a, a gold is a world-class beer that accurately exemplifies the specified style, displaying the proper balance of taste, aroma, and appearance. And then a silver is an excellent beer that may vary slightly from the style parameters while maintaining close adherence to the style and displaying excellent taste, aroma, and appearance. And then bronze, as you can guess, is another step down, a fine example of the style <laughs> that may vary slightly from style parameters and or have minor deviations in taste, aroma, or appearance. Okay. So that's why they'll say, oh, it's not completely adherent to the uh, the style guideline. But I'm willing to bet that if you actually broke down all of the gold medals, there's something wrong Yeah. that's not exactly to style. Yeah. In which case... You can just throw that out and something in that, you know, field that they only gave a silver and a bronze to could have been gold. Yeah. And just bump everybody else up one, yeah. you know. I, I I just don't like the policy. I, I think it's, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say judgmental, but that doesn't really uh, <laughs> when you're judging something. Um but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, th I think it's something that, especially for a competition that is mainly used for marketing, mm -hmm. what does it matter? <laughs> you know, uh, that th there's a reason that there's 145 different styles or, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. huge number of categories because it means that for the next year, you know, these people get to market that way. Mm -hmm. And the, I mean, the festival is put on by the Brewers Association who, you know, has an interest in, in uh, helping out these breweries. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I feel like it, it kind of hurts their own uh, cause by, um, you know, splitting hairs like that. Because I'm willing to bet you could find something that you wouldn't be upset about being gold. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you think? What Do you know what guidelines they use for this competition? What are these these experts from 15 different countries, what is their common, I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I don't, I would say that someone from another country may have a different, you know, guideline on what they deem a, a certain style of beer tastes like that may be different than 
what the the beard judging thing that we talked about last week, last show, you know, their style guidelines. What what do you do they have a standard that they follow? Yes. Um so the BJCP that we've talked about mm-hmm. is mostly targeted towards home, home brewers and their yeah. competitions. Okay. Um the Brewers Association has their own uh style guidelines. Um that's mainly just used for for this competition. Okay. Um, I don't know of any, you know, breweries that are like, "Oh, well, I brewed this beer and I meant this, but according to this style guideline, I should call it this." So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think okay. it's mainly used just for these competitions. Okay. So, okay. But they do have a standard set. Okay. Okay. So they're all supposed to be using the same set, but I still think there's going to be some personal biases that might come in to to sway in one way or another and I don't know. I guess that's can happen anywhere, but um well, there there always are, especially in categories where, um, you know, it's important that you have a like an IPA that has, you know, high, nice, solid hop character. While yeah. if this person's preference is pine and this other person's preference is citrus, <laughs> they might, but they both are exemplary, you know, uh, versions of the style. Mm-hmm. They might say, "Well, I prefer the citrus over the pine." You know, okay. There, there's always going to be some subjectivity to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, gotcha. Well, um, there were some overall competition highlights that we just want to talk about that were mentioned at the uh, at the festival. So there were 38 first time entering breweries that won awards. Ah, it's pretty impressive. At 38 brand new breweries to enter into the Great American Beer Festival won won awards at this competition. So there's a lot of new names in this list of of winners that you know. Most people probably haven't heard of, which is, it's cool. The top three states by ratio of medals to entries by state. Maine was number one with 21% of their 14 entries with three medals. That's pretty good for the state of Maine. I didn't realize Maine was, uh, was that, you know, huge of a, a craft beer or a beer, uh, state. But hey, 14 entries, three medals, not bad. Rhode Island, heck, the small little state of Rhode Island, uh, 10%. They had 10 entries and won one medal. Hey, that's a good, that's, that's pretty good odds. I, I like that. And the other one that's odd is North Dakota. 8% with 12 entries and one medal. Uh, hey, I gotta, I gotta raise my, my glass to them. These, these, uh, smaller states. Well, Maine's a pretty big, fairly big state, but it's just all covered in like wilderness and snow, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I was born in Maine, but I don't, I've never remember been there since i was a baby so i don't know i hear it's beautiful but uh all right the most medals won with three medals each now each of these breweries won three medals firestone walker uh won three medals they had two gold and one bronze sun king brewing out of uh, indianapolis uh, indiana won three medals one gold one silver and one bronze one of each that's nice Port City Brewing out of uh, Alexandria, Virginia. They won three medals, two silver and one bronze. And in Left Hand Brewing from Longmont, Colorado, won three. They got gold and two bronze. The 2015 competition saw three new style categories added into the the categories. One was the chili pepper beer. Wow, they could have left that one out. The the Session IPA, they could have left that out too, but that's okay. I know Session's a big... A big giant uh, uh, beer style right now. And then the last one is a mixed culture Brett beer. All right. Hey, I love Brett beer. 
And, and I'm assuming when they mean mixed culture, they mean it's going to have Brett plus other uh, strains, or what? I mean, is that what they mean? Mixed? It's not all. Uh, Brett? It could also be uh, different strains of Brett. There's okay. different um, strains of that as well. Okay. So. All right. And then remember we mentioned that uh, you if the judges don't deem that one beer stood out above everything else and was the world class beer that they would they didn't have to give you a, give that category a gold medal well guess what the pumpkin beer category has no gold nobody can make a pumpkin beer that meets the world class style uh style uh parameters so sorry pumpkin beers you only got a silver hogwash <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so uh, going off of the category that was slighted, uh, we'll we'll focus on some categories that uh, had a ton of entries. So the uh, uh, top five entered categories that we'll go through, and uh, number one is American style India Pale Ale with three hundred thirty six entries, and wow. this has been the most entered category. Since 2002, mm. uh, which if you go by any store shelf, that should not be surprising because <laughs> IPAs are just everywhere right now. Um, and the number two uh, category was Imperial India Pale Ale <laughs> with 208 entries. I'm, I'm noticing a theme. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, number three, Wooden Barrel Age Strong Beer with 179 entries. Number four, Session India Pale Ale. 161 entries, which just edged out American style pale ale with 160 entries. Wow. And uh, yeah, th- those are really intense. I- I've judged uh, homebrew competitions and actually a commercial competition where there's just a ton of entries and you split those up among a bunch of judges. And then uh, usually uh, you'll have to revisit, you know, the top of everybody's flight to, to get a winner. But mm. um it can be tough, especially in strong uh, beers like these top three were, you know, IPA, Imperial IPA, <laughs> wooden barrel-aged strong beers, because those can just wear you down Oh yeah, um, as a judge uh, really fast. Um, so the winners in, the, in these most entered or uh, most competitive, if you want to look at it that way, uh, for American IPA, uh, the gold was went to BNS Brewing and Distilling Company with their Revolver IPA out of Santee, California. Uh, another beer and brewery that I had not heard of until uh, GABF Awards this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, good for them. Uh, Silver went to Wicked Weed Brewing uh, with their uh, Candler Pernicious IPA. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Candler, North Carolina. Um, and the bronze went to the brew kettle tap room and smokehouse, uh, their white Raja from Strongsville, Ohio. Mm. So have, yeah, have, Ohio. have you had that? <laughs> I have not. Okay. No. Um, but I, I know of Strongsville at least. So okay, that's good. Yeah, some connection. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, they're in the Imperial IPA, 208 entries. The gold went to Fatheads Brewery, the Hop Juju Imperial IPA, and they're out of Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Uh, and of course, John, I know you've had them and they're also in Portland now. You, you told me and in Pennsylvania too. So 
Like they're spreading around, so that's good. Uh, the silver went to Laurelwood Public House and Brewery and for their Easy Does It double IPA out of Portland, Oregon. I, I kind of like that. Easy Does It. It most, almost sounds like it should be a session IPA there, but, uh, but it's, a, <laughs> it's a double. So, And the bronze went to Breakwater Brewing. The Tia Hoopos. Tia, Tia Hoopo. Okay. I can't pronounce it, but it must be a great Imperial IPA from Oceanside, California. Excellent. So a uh, wooden barrel-aged beer, uh, strong beer, 179 entries of gold, went to Nebraska Brewing Company with their Melange Atrois uh, from La Vista, Nebraska. Uh, Silver Sun King Brewing Company, that's uh, 666, uh, Sympathy for the Devil Wow, uh, out of Indianapolis. <laughs> All right. And uh, the bronze, Ska Brewing uh, for Ska Face, and they're out of Durango, Colorado. Wow. I think I would try all three of those. They all sound uh, very, I don't know, the names catch me. They're catchy names. So, Yeah, if we go back to why we pick beers. Yeah, yeah, the name. Yeah, I drank, uh, what's the one from Clown Shoes, the uh, Tramp Stamp, just because it had <laughs> Tramp Stamp on it, right? Uh, come on, you you know, you you things that, that reach out, Stick in your mind. You just want to try it. So uh, I understand. I understand. All right. Number four was the Session IPA with 161 entries. The gold went to Societe. That's Societe. Societe, right? Soci- society. Oh, is that Society? Yeah. Wow, it's not spelled right. Society Brewing. <laughs> it's from for their coachmen, and they're out of San Diego, California. And before I forget, I just wanted to mention that we had a little interaction during the, the – between – episodes uh with our buddy robert at, you know uh tps sponge he asked uh, john and, and asked other people for advice he was making last weekend he was doing a san diego brewery trip and he wanted to get a name of a bunch of breweries to go visit while he was down there and this is one that you gave him right john or you said that yeah this is a a good one yeah yeah that's one i stopped at for the national Humber's conference so okay great place yeah excellent they won gold right on the silver went to Steel Toe Brewing for their size four. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, I love I love a brewery that uh, that's named after a, a shoe and then gives shoe sizes for their beers. That's I I, I don't know. I, although I will never remember which size is what. I don't think so. But uh, that's St. Louis Park, Minnesota, a Minnesota brewery. All right. And then the bronze went to Noble Ale Works for their nose candy. And they're out of Anaheim, California, and another great name, Nose Candy. Wow. Yeah, so uh, rounding out the top five uh, most under categories was the American Style Pale Ale. And uh, the gold went to Central Coast Brewing Company with uh, with their Monterey Saint pa- or Mon- Monterey Street Pale Ale, I'm going to guess. Yes. That's uh, San Luis Obispo, California. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> the silver went to Track 7 Brewing Company. Natomas Hoppy Palm, uh, out of, and they're out of Sacramento, California. And the bronze, uh, Cannonball Creek Brewing Company won with, or bronze with their Featherweight Pale Ale. And, oh. the, you know, the really known brewery out of Golden, Colorado. Nice. So. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, those are great for, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's understandable that four out of five are all hoppy, you know, ales. 
mostly IPAs. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it's nice to see that the the wood aged uh, strong L two had some entries in there because or strong beer because I do like a good strong L. Uh, now, when they say strong beer, they mean is is it not is it is it a bunch of different types of beers that could be in that category that they don't have to necessarily be a strong L. They could be any kind of wood beer that's over a certain percentage of alcohol. Is that how they're basing that? Yeah, it's supposed to be a breakdown of alcohol. Okay. Um, there's a couple of different wooden barrel age categories, and the only other um, you know requirement is that it was in wood or 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 barrel. Okay. Know? So. Okay, excellent. Well, you know what? That's what the top five were of the of the amount of beers that came in. But hey, there were a. I mean, there's a there's a list. You can go to the Brewers Association and get the whole list of the winners. But we're not going to talk about all the winners. What I do want to do is just mention a couple things that stood out, some noteworthy or interesting award winners. And the first one I that kind of stood out was the winner of the American Style Lager. And uh, hey, guess what? Uh, the gold was Coors Banquet Beer. And uh, I only I only mention this because, again, this is big beer, domestic big beer. But um, this is the one beer, the one domestic offering that uh, that I actually don't mind drinking. Uh, if, if I go to some place that has a bunch of domestic lagers from big beers, uh, if I see they have the banquet beer, I, my hand's going right to that beer because it's actually not it's it's actually not bad it's actually a good beer and yes i'm saying that uh, being a craft guy but hey i have to you know, obviously it's a gold winner so people other people think it's you know worthy of of a gold medal so it's a good beer what do you think john is that a beer that that you could drink or is it one you still would just stay away from even though it's a gold medal winner I honestly don't know that I've ever had Coors Banquet. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm I'm not a, I'm not opposed. I'm not I'm not so much of a snob that I w- would turn it down. Okay. Um, completely. So. Okay. All right. The the next one. This one is confusing me. I need some help with this, John, because the winner of the American style cream ale, the gold, was Rainier Lager, and the silver was Olympia. Of course, both these. Breweries are now owned by Paps, which I didn't realize Paps bought broke both these breweries. Um, and I have to admit that both these beers are on my list of the ones I hate the most. But they're gold winners. <laughs> so how are they cream ales if they're lagers? Uh, well, a cream ale is uh, kind of a hybrid style um, as it is. So it's got aspects of both a uh, lager and an ale, kind of similar to a Kolsch. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't, doesn't completely surprise me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, when you're at the festival, um, you know, the, the big guys are there, you know, Budweiser's there, uh, Paps is there. Um, so when, when you're there with my dad, he had to go get some of his Paps. So we got a bunch of pictures of him. You know, among all the other offerings, going to get Paps, which he could get. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and the other thing is you don't know who else entered. Um, you know, there are a lot of categories that are traditionally just swept by a lot of these big breweries. So I wonder if other folks even um, even uh, try, mm-hmm. you know, or, or enter. Because they, maybe they, as a craft, they don't want to be associated with, um, yeah, 
with that and when why why risk getting a silver or a bronze when you know the gold is going to go to course banquet or vernier you know um so yeah it, without knowing everything that was entered you can't really say okay um but uh, yeah it's it's a bit of a tweener style so it it doesn't shock me that uh, loggers want it so. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take one more and let you have the next three and then I'll finish up with the last one. But the next one is the American style strong pale L. And, uh, this one was one, the gold was won by the, the beer was called the ratchet strap IPA from Barley Brown's beer. And I just wanted to mention this because Barley Brown's beer is out of Baker city, Oregon. And, uh, they make some fantastic beer and it's no shock to me that they are winning gold medals because um, everything that I get here in the Boise area that comes in, and they only come in in kegs, but everything I get and try, I just absolutely love. So I just wanted to, to raise up my glass to them for their uh, winning that gold because it's well worth it. Yeah, and if, if you're wondering about the marketing aspect of the Great American Beer Festival, having a category of strong pale ale should let you know that uh, there's quite a bit of this that that's uh targeted for you know breweries being able to market beers mm-hmm. um and i imagine this one spawned from uh the resurgence of ipas and ipas being pushed uh farther and farther uh, out um and so this was kind of created to represent the existing uh ipas that that weren't as outlandish in in terms of alcohol and, and flavor and bitterness and that yeah. kind of thing yeah um but uh Moving, moving on to another category, the American style amber slash red ale. Uh, the gold went to a, a local Seattle brewery, uh, two beers brewing for their immersion amber. Um, and I've had the spirits, a uh, pretty solid amber. Uh, which <laughs> it's is, okay. Is my favorite. Uh, well, I'm, and this comes back to subjective, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge amber fan, so it's not going to rate too highly for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty good and nice to see some hometown uh, love. I think mm-hmm. the state of Washington brought in 13 medals. Oh, good. Um, so, decent showing. Um, ordinary or special bitter uh, was gold for the double barrel ale from Farson Walker, uh, a favorite of our, our good buddy Robert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, this one we mentioned they won three medals, so uh, there was one of them. And then the German style sour ales, uh, which could be, uh, quite, quite a bit of different, <laughs> uh, um, styles actually rolling up into that. But the gold was another, uh, Seattle local, uh, for Rubens Brews. Uh, there goes, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't had the luxury of, of having yet. And, uh, a beer that I've been chasing for a while, one silver, uh, cucumber crush from, uh, <laughs> Tin Barrel. Um, which keeps randomly popping up in Seattle at times that I cannot go get it. Mm. Um, but, uh, someday I, I will, I will achieve it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it, you know what? Maybe I need to go take, I need to go see if they have it on tap right now. I'll take my growler down there and I'll, we'll, we'll serve up three, 32 ounces of it for you. Wait, no, 64 ounces. Yeah. Growler is half a gallon. Man. It's, it must be late because my math, my brain's not working on math. So yeah, I'll give you 64 <laughs> ounces of cucumber crust. We can suck it down. <laughs> that, that sounds like a worthy goal. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, then one one last uh, one I wanted to mention, which is the the style of American style stout, which is, you know, I I think it's it's got to be a pretty good uh, category there for for American stout. The gold uh, was disordered was uh, the beer was disordered stout by Bobby Brown's beer again. Bobby Brown's beer out of Baker City won a gold in the American style stout and in the uh, the the strong pale ale. That's two gold medals. That's fantastic. So I'm really happy for them. I wanted to make sure that I uh, I mentioned those that, that those two beers. The silver was by a, a Boise Brewing brewery called Boise Brewing. They just opened up a year ago, and it's the silver. They won silver. The Black Cliffs Stout. Uh, that, fantastic. That's great news for Boise winning. Uh, you know, brand new brewery uh, winning a silver medal. For the stout, that's that's fantastic. And then the bronze went to the a beer by Ten Barrel Brewing, and it's their Power to the People American Stout. And I uh, I had to put this in here for you, John, because remember uh, you tasted this beer <laughs> here in Boise at the Ten Barrel Brewery, and we had a discussion about how. I didn't like it as an American Stout, and you said this fits the style guidelines perfectly. And then we we just, right. we had a little debate, and I at the end I agreed that you're right; it does fit the style well. So I caved in, and and uh, and yet obviously it fits the style well because it won uh, a bronze medal. So yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm patting myself in the background. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, so that is our discussion of the Great American Beer Festival for 2015. Uh, just just wrapped up this weekend. It was four days of beer festival fun for all those who attended. So uh, if you guys have a chance, go visit it sometime, maybe next year. And uh, Robert, um, he's the one that brought it up to us to go and talk about it. And he said, he, he kind of gave the idea out there, hey, maybe this would be a great opportunity for a meetup. Uh, for the Tap the Craft uh, listeners. And you know what? That might be fun. Not necessarily that we'd meet up inside the uh, convention, but maybe we could have our own event outside the convention where we meet up and do something one day uh, when the funding comes in to be, able, yeah, to be able to fund that type of activity. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for our listener participation tasting notes segment, and we're doing the beer on – the Polliner Oktoberfest Martzen. And we're going to do my, this beer first, and then we're going to go ahead and get some tasting notes from John's beer, which is the Weiss beer version of the Oktoberfest. So uh, I'm drinking the Martzen, and this is from, of course, the, the brewery is Polliner uh, out of Munich, Germ Germany. The style is a German Martzen. Its alcohol content is 5.8%. I don't have the IBUs because I couldn't find any listing of the IBUs anywhere on the on their website. The container I'm drinking, I, I've had this beer on draft and in bottles. And I'm drinking it in a bottle. It's an 11.2 ounce bottle. So don't get upset if it's not quite the 12 ounces you're looking for. It's uh, just under a third of a liter bottle. It's three point or it's 0.331 uh, liters. So it's just below the, the third by, I mean, even they shorted us, they shorted those Germans on their, they're third of a liter too, so kind of an odd bottle bottle size. So, all right, I've poured my beer. Um, I'm looking at it, and my beer is 
again, uh, when I looked at this earlier, it was looked a little bit darker. In my room right now that I'm I'm looking at it, it's a nice golden, uh, you know, golden coloring, maybe a little bit orange. It's got lots of bubbles coming up. Uh, the bubbles are probably coming up because I am drinking this in a nice tall glass that has some etching in the bottom. This is my uh, Red Hook, uh, like straight, like really um, a straight glass. It's like it's about 16 ounce glass, but it goes straight up in a, a cylinder, and it's a real heavy glass. I really like it. I got it for my birthday from my my son, which is nice. But it's it's a great glass because it has that etching that gives you those bubbles, makes it real pretty. So you don't think you should have had a uh, traditional liter gla- uh, mug and just poured a bunch of bottles in it? Yeah, I've done just, that. I I did. Wondering. Yeah, I did that on a forty cast uh, <laughs> when we talked about Martin back then. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's twenty five ounces, and uh, at one one show I actually drank three of those twenty five out of seventy five ounces on one two hour show of our our forty cast. So that was a lot of beer. But no, today I'm taking it easy because uh, I don't want to get too ripped. I've already, you know, drank a few beers today, and uh, I, I want to be able to do this tasting without falling off my chair. So yeah, lots well, of bubble. Worthy goal. Yes, yes. <laughs> the The head is nice. Um, I I like this head has got very tight, fine bubbles. Two finger head, white two finger head. Uh, it's it's really kind of frothy and and it looks it looks nice. I really like it. And the lacing is really good. The lacing will stick to the glass all the way down. Leaves a nice little off-white coloring on the glass. So, I'm going to take a little sniff here. I'm just going to reassess what I've I've already taken some pre-notes because I I bought a few of these and and want to make sure I have my tasting notes down because I I don't do well live. But yeah, I uh, I'm still getting the same thing I got before. Uh, you got a, a a good malt aroma. Uh, you get some. I mean, you do get some uh, some of that that crackery malt. I don't want to say it's graham cracker necessarily like we had in that um, session lager. This is more of I don't know, maybe more of a cracker. Um, I get a little honey in there now. The honey. Maybe a mixture of uh, what I'm smelling, uh, maybe some sweetness in there, and maybe along with the cracker, maybe I'm getting uh, some honey notes, but I do smell a little honey in there. Um, and there is a maybe a possible hint of some noble hops in there, too, with a little bit of uh, f- uh, fruitiness, it, you know, maybe. Uh, carbonation. Um, this, this beer is a little bit carbonated. Let me take another sip. Hmm. And I think it's worse when it's cold. So it might just be some of the, um, some of the carbonation comes out a little bit more when, uh, when it's first poured from a cold bottle. Uh, I think it, it probably settles out a little bit as it, as it sits. But, uh, I do get that cracker maltiness, um, Maybe a little doughy, a uh, little doughy cracker. Uh, it's 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 kind of hard to tell. I'm not. I'll be honest with you. Probably the hardest thing for me to decipher from uh, these type of malty beers is the the malt character because you know I I taste something and I'm trying to associate it with you know the things that it normally associates with. Uh, 
but yeah, I'm not, I'm not an expert at this. Uh, there is a little toffee flavor in there too. Maybe that's, um, you know, part of the, the strangeness is it's got a little bit of that, that toffee flavoring that you get off of a toffee candy, but not with the sweetness associated with it. It's not, uh, an overly sweet beer, which is nice. I don't, as we mentioned last episode, talking about the Martzen style is that it's not supposed to be overly sweet and it's not supposed to have, uh, caramel, caramel, uh, over, overly flavored. Although there might be a little bit of that caramel in here also. It might be some of that uh, flavor, that toffee. That, that's kind of what it is, right? It's like a toffee is like a burnt caramel, I think. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, related to you, you perceiving and making your connections for uh, malt characters, um, you know, and that's kind of why we do this kind of thing. Cause, you know, if, if I had been able to find uh, the Mertzen beer, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I would say something that could trigger, you know, a connection for you, even if it's not, you know, the exact thing I say, but it gets you close enough that your brain flips that flag and, you know, you've now got a, a flavor that, that you recognize and yeah. can associate with that um, malt uh, note that you're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely ha- I mean it's definitely a malt forward beer, which is supposed to be with these type of uh, lagers. You're supposed to have that malt forward. Um, the body, um, it's a lighter beer, but you know what? Uh, and we talked about this before. You mentioned there was five different you know categories of 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 body: light, medium light, medium, medium heavy, and then heavy or something like that, or full. But uh, this one's definitely yeah. on the lighter to medium side, but not quite. I mean, it's, it's got a little bit of heft to it, um, but it's, I wouldn't say it was full medium. I say probably medium light body. Uh, the, the, there is a carbonation in it. it uh, the carbonation will make me burp. So if I burp as I'm talking, you know why? Because the carbonation's. <laughs> but again, it's not overly. It's not bad. It's not making it sharp, like. You know, it, it's it's definitely not as sharp as what I was tasting with the session lager we had. That was a little bit sharper of that uh, carbonation f- uh, flavor. This is there, but it's it's not that sharp. Um, the mouthfeel is, is really good. I do get a little bit of a, a slick coating in my mouth, so it, I, I'm guessing that is from the the malts and whatever amount of sugars are in there, but it's not sweet at all. I don't get any sweetness. In fact, uh, you know, going straight to the finish is this beer is very well balanced. Uh, you do have a lot more of the malt characteristics in the front. You don't have a lot of hop. In fact, I can taste some noble hop uh, characters in, in the beer, so I know it's there, but I, it really balances out really well. It, it's It's definitely... Um, you know, it's, it's not overly sweet. It's not bitter. It does have a slight hint of bitterness to it, but it's, it's, you know, it's not going to drive you one way or the other. It's, it's very smooth. And what's also nice about this is there is a bit of creaminess, like a smooth creaminess to it. Uh, good mouthfeel, good creamy mouthfeel to it. And would I recommend this beer to anyone new to craft beer? Yes, sir. Um, I think especially someone who is uh, looking for a beer that has flavor but is not, you know, over powerful and that 
wants to, you know, try some lagers, hey, this is a great lager for, for that. And being that this beer is actually, I think this is offered in the United States uh, year-round, I think they try to bring it in, which, hey, if you can get it year-round, that's even better. So it's something that, that you could uh, bring to a party in uh, Christmas time and, uh, and, and have someone try a beer that, that might be something they might enjoy. Uh, and glassware, hey, any glass will do, but hey, if you're at Oktoberfest, get that old big stein out of that mug and, uh, and, and sing along and cheers and, and bottoms up, you know, but, uh, yeah, any glass will do. And I am, uh, gonna give this a memorable rating. This is, uh, one that I think you should go out and tell all your friends to try. Uh, I mean, it's a great beer. It's the style, uh, the commercial style example for the the beer judging guidelines, which I just forgot the that whole thing again. But uh, so hey, it's got to be, you know, it, it's it's got to be a good beer. Um, but I, in my opinion, it's not the best Oktoberfest that I've had. I, there's other Oktoberfests that I think, in my opinion, are a little bit better. But hey, this beer is super easy to drink, super good. Um, I don't have any negatives to say about it. And uh, the malts uh, are Munich and Pilsner. The, I guess the, the Munich is what gives you that darker coloring, which is very nice. And John and I talked about that last week with with the, the style notes. And then the Pilsner gives you, maybe I'm getting some of that, you know, because there is some characteristics similar to a Pilsner in here that um, that I was associating with, Maybe the the noble hops, but uh, maybe it's also coming from some of those malts in the in with the Pilsner malts too, or maybe not. I don't know. And the hops are Halotau, and Halotau is a noble hop, right, John? Is or is it not? Yes, it is. Okay, so maybe some of that uh, f- that kind of a fruitiness to it is coming from the from the hops. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, the. The uh, Polliner Oktoberfest Martzen. Do you have anything to add on that, John, of your experiences from previous drinking? Do you remember anything? Um, I I agree with you that uh, in my preference, it's not my favorite mm-hmm. Oktoberfest. Um, I think on Untapped, I actually only gave it like a three, but it's been a couple of years mm-hmm. since I had it. Um, and I've uh, definitely explored a lot more lager stuff since then. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I'm really disappointed I wasn't able to find it, um, cause I, I was hoping to revisit it, but maybe I'll run into it here. I'll probably find it tomorrow, you know, after we record. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think my, my overall impressions were very similar to yours. Okay. Um, that there are, you know, other, other Oktoberfests that I prefer, um, you know, relative to this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know something that you could sit and drink for a while. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, this is, I mean, this beer is, uh, it is 5.8% alcohol. So it's, it is a little bit getting up there in the, in the alcohol. It's not like a four and a half percent. Um, but my gosh, I, I, I drank two of these yesterday at the Oktoberfest and I drank, I think I had three beer, four beers that they go down so quick. I literally, you know, got the beer, drank it, and I was ready for my next one. Uh, it, it goes down really, really smooth. And 
And this is probably like the fifth one I've had in, in just a few days. So, um, yeah, it, it's an easy drinker. I adjusted my rating from a three that I gave it from a couple years ago when I first logged it and untapped. Uh, I adjusted a 3.5 because I think that in that time, like you said, John, I've visited a lot more lager styles. I now have, uh, I think my palate has matured in the lager uh, style categories to really know what I like and don't like. And I found that there's things in this beer that I do really appreciate. And I said, you know what? I, it's more than just average to me. I'm going to move it up to three and a half caps on untapped. So I did adjust mine a little bit from what I had before. Excellent. All right, John. So, hey, are you ready to talk about your beer? Yeah. So, as we mentioned, uh, I did not manage to find the Oktoberfest Martin. I was only able to find the Oktoberfest Weizen beer. Um, so, this beer, also um, from Poliner, um, or Poliner, uh, is their uh, wheat version, of, I guess, of their Oktoberfest. Um, clocks in uh, a little heftier, six uh, percent. Oh, um, so I got that going for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but it's actually got a pretty humorous uh, illustration on the label too. Uh, three portly gentlemen uh, knocking back their leaders. Uh, so uh, <laughs> really nice. But it actually uh, says this beer is best before next June. So that's it. Kind of interesting um, for the uh, pretty long date. For, yeah, yeah. Mine said uh, the same thing. Mine said the same thing. It was it was good till I think March of 2016, which I thought was interesting. I've never stayed the lager for that long. I mean, I, if kept cool, does the flavor maintain itself? I mean, does the beer um, hold up? Well, you're basically extending the lager period. You know, lagering is. Uh, you know, kind of a batch aging process for, for brewers at a low, nearly freezing temperature. Um, so queuing in the fridge, you know, you're close to that. Um, but, you know, keeping any beer cold is going to help preserve um, the beer longer. So, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, my beer uh, also, um, the 11.2 ounce uh, bottle, that's just a <laughs> um, you know, European style bottle so but my my color is kind of a pale straw yeah i'm really like yellow um i've got a very white head um mostly fine bubbles a couple big ones scattered around uh about a finger's worth of head Mm -hmm. on it um and uh i'm in my willie becker tasting notes glass okay uh, that's a fine that's a fine glass <laughs> uh and my my nose um no real hop characters coming through it's kind of a light um just a wheat character mm-hmm. uh that's pretty much dominating the the aroma at this point anyway sorry folks i'm, I'm doing this live without somebody to talk while i uh, drink and smell. No, no um, I can talk since, since we're uh, independent <laughs> on our on our tastings here. No, I I'm looking at the website now because I wanted to kind of get the uh, you know when you're ready I I have the hop and malt varieties we can talk about. 
But I also noticed that the coloring is way different on this beer than on my beer, looking at the picture on the on the website. And also, I wanted to make a comment, too, that if you read the ba- back of the bottle, that, that these beers are following the German law of only having the, the four ingredients. So uh, they do fi- follow the, what's it called, the Rhein... Ra- Ryan Geist or Ryan Heisgebot. Yeah. So they are following that. So these are traditional German beers. Just keep that in mind. So my flavor, uh, as, as again, you know, kind of the wheat, uh, is up there, uh, really light bitterness. Um, but, uh, not, not, uh, sweet in any way. It's kind of a, a wheat bread, uh, kind of cracker, character it's pretty straightforward but uh at the same time pretty delicious um not a a lot of times when things are uh pretty simple you know sometimes it feels like it might be lacking yeah um it's not bland at all right it's you've got you've got a uh refreshingness to it is it crisp i don't know that i call it crisp Mm -hmm. uh because i I think uh a little bit more uh bitterness and that might become that might be the case okay is it the the finish isn't totally dry if i jump ahead to answer that question okay um but uh body i'd say medium body um you know medium carbonation uh it, it does have a little bit of that slickness um similar to yours um but uh you know it doesn't it doesn't really linger. It's not really sweet. It's just kind of there. Um, and just, it's like, Hey, give me, give me some more beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm trying to oblige. Okay. I, I noticed that, uh, on the website, this is now the only beer that Polliner serves in their official Oktoberfest tents. Uh, that's impressive. They, they don't serve the Martzen. They serve the Weizen beer, the Weizen beer, and huh. this beer is only brewed once a year for Oktoberfest. So when it's gone, it's gone. So you know what, John? You have a very special beer in your hand that is only available during this time. And uh, hey, and it's it's what is officially officially being drank in the tents at Oktoberfest for the Polliner Brewery. Well, that's interesting because I, I knew the Martzen that we got here was different than the Martzen that was previously brewed for Oktoberfest. Uh, it was basically a U.S. version of it, and they mm-hmm. had a Oktoberfest version. Um, it's interesting that they would go full on with the Oktoberfest Weizen beer, yeah, not uh, not have the traditional Martzen. Um, that I'm actually really surprised by that. Um, but, uh, yeah, the finish for this beer, um, you know, like I mentioned, there's, it kind of coats and, you know, you get, uh, another hit of the, the malt. Um, and it's more, uh, there's a slight sweetness similar to the, the graham cracker kind of character, but it's not, it's not full on graham cracker. It's just kind of a sweet cracker kind of thing. Um, there's really light sweetness, uh, but doesn't, uh, it doesn't linger. It's just really inviting to, you know, have another sip. Um, like I mentioned, um, but yeah, it's, it's another beer that I could just sit here and drink a 
a whole bunch of without even thinking about it. Um, cause it just disappear from my glass pretty fast. <laughs> um, but, uh, so would I recommend it for newbies? Absolutely. Uh, I think this is really approachable. Um, maybe even more approachable than the Oktoberfest version of it mm. or the, excuse me, the Martin version. Yeah. Um, yeah. just because it's a little, little more straightforward, I think, uh, based on your description mm-hmm. and what I remember of it. Um, you know, there's not as much going on, but it's still very pleasant. Um, and, uh, glass, uh, nothing less than a, a liter stein. I, I totally messed that up. Today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, rating, um, I'd say memorable. It's, it's pretty solid. I, I don't think I'd drop to the average, um, just drinking it, you know, whenever it happens to arrive, but yeah, I'd, I'd put it memorable, um, okay. kind of middle of the road. Uh, I haven't logged it yet, but I'll probably be in that three to three and a half range. Oh, it, three, so. three and a half is definitely, uh, yeah. Memorable in, in the books. Good. Good. Yeah. All right. So you, so wanna... you have some, some, uh, ingredient information for me. Yes. So the malts are the same. They use the Munich and the Pilsner, but the hops, there's three different hop varieties in that beer. Did you? Would you have guessed that um, by your note? What you took off the nose and the flavor, or uh, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not really it. getting a much hop character at all. Okay, um, out of this, uh, at least right now. Um, okay, that, this is the first bottle I've ever drank of this beer, so. <laughs> I'm literally doing this live and yes. no previous experience. So, um, okay. All right. Well, the, what are, what are the hops? okay. The hops are Hercules, Taurus and the Haltau traditional. So, all right. So they went to Mount Olympus. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's no wheat in this beer. Uh, it doesn't say any wheat. How could it be a Vison without wheat? Huh? Isn't that weird? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it comes across. The nose comes across as uh, having some wheat character to me. I, I wonder um, if it's the hops. Maybe the hops are adding some kind of. Uh, I don't know. Be some weird hops. <laughs> it, yeah, it doesn't say that wheat's added, but let me go to their malt page, and I hope it doesn't play a video here. Let's see our malt. Three regions. Okay, we use both barley and wheat malts, the wheat being primarily used for the production of our Hefeweizen, and the brewing malt for the full flavor and the color of the beer. Yeah. So it doesn't say anything, but yeah, that uh, previous, it doesn't say anything. It just says uh, Munich and Pilsner, so there's no wheat, as far as I can tell, in that beer. It's just, wow. But it's also, it the, the Weizen is, is spelt differently. It's W I E S N instead of Ian. Does that make a difference? You think maybe that says something, maybe that's a different word in German. It could be. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely, a um, coming across at least as a lighter, um, kind of character that, that I at least personally get from, from wheat. Um, but it could be there's not wheat and the vison is something else. Um, 
So I'm looking up the uh, English to German <clears throat> pronunci- or, uh, dictionary right now. I just did that. And that didn't <laughs> help me. You didn't do anything. You're right. I'm looking no. at it. It, uh, <laughs> it just it just talks about wow. It just talks about the uh, Oktoberfest. Basically, it's just I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think with this, you know, with them saying it's the brewed with the Rheinheinsche boat, the the German purity or Bavarian purity law, um, you know, that was strict on malted barley. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So that that would that would say that there's no wheat in here. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Those are different different products, but uh, yeah, to to me, I mean, I'm I'm getting more of a lighter wheat kind of bread character in in my nose and and more in the in the flavor but that could just be my mind playing tricks on me with thinking the bison word is is wheat yeah maybe it's not so yeah i I think it's i uh, think it means something about festival or some kind of it's linked to the festivities so maybe it is something different and it's just uh it could just be fest beer yeah you know yeah so all right well hey but uh you know, John, yeah. you did a great job, and I appreciate you uh, going out on a limb and uh, doing that just uh, off the cuff. That was great. And Yeah, it turns out I had the actual Oktoberfest yes, beer. What you, were you doing with that Oktoberfest Martin slumming uh, it over there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I'm jeale- <laughs> now I'm jealous, and now tomorrow I'm going to spend the whole day trying to find that beer so I could uh, uh, be equal to what there you, you had. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right, John. Well, hey, uh, we are running a little long, so let's go ahead and try to wrap things up. Let's, uh, it's our time of the show where we can raise a glass to whoever we like. And do you have anyone you'd like to raise a glass or anything you'd like to raise a glass to this episode? So I think I'm going to be a, broke, a broken record here for the next uh, three to four episodes okay. that we do um, leading up to Extra Life. Uh, which I talked about last week. Um, and I just want to raise my glass to the rest of the members of the Good for Gaming team. Our team uh, met our, I think, second goal that we've set of $2,500 nice. uh, raised. Uh, we're now pushing towards uh, $5,000. Yeah, we're, we're not going for lower. No, that's <laughs> $5,000. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, cheers to all my teammates uh, for, for Extra Life. Um, for going strong, and uh, if you if you want to check out the team and maybe donate to somebody on the team, um, you can go to tiny.cc/g4g. Uh, that'll take you to our team page. Um, if you want to check out my page and and maybe uh, help out and donate because uh, I'm so handsome, <laughs> I, extra-life.org/participant/reem and uh, Extra Life just uh, is a great cause raising money for uh, Children's Miracle Network hospitals for kids that are dealing with stuff that uh, just no kid should ever have to deal with. So, um, yeah, it's something I really believe in and I've, I've done for years and I'll continue to do. So uh, if you want to support, I really appreciate it. All right. Yes. And like always, I will have those links on our post of this show, so just go to openforumradio.com, 
do uh, click on the the link of the show, and on there will be links directly to both John's page and the Good for Gaming page, so you can easily find them and support uh, those children. All right, uh, I also have a couple uh, cheers, and I want to raise my glass to all the new listeners out there. I know we have a bunch. I'm watching the numbers of our old shows rise up like. Uh, like like some, we just won the lottery and people are just uh, coming and, and listening. I really appreciate everyone who is listening to Tap the Craft. Keep keep it up and hey, write into us. Let us know how you found us. Let us know what we're doing right, what we can improve on. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, just hey, we are all about the listener. So uh, you know, reach us on Twitter or on uh, the Gmail at tapthecraft@gmail.com, and 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 yeah, yeah just. Join in. I also want to uh, raise my glass to our buddy David Bizzle uh, from Tennessee. He just got back from a week or longer. He might even be longer than a week in Germany and Belgium. For a, uh, He was there during Oktoberfest, I'm assuming. Uh, he drank a ton of German beers, a ton of, of Belgian beers. He had some very special beers he drank. Uh, I'm very, very happy for him uh, going out there, visiting his son who's over in Germany right now and uh, doing that, that beer tour. And, uh, hey, it's a like a one-in-a-lifetime type thing, and I think he really took advantage of it. He drank a ton of Pilsners and Kolsch beers on one day. It's like, wow. I mean, he, he sampled a lot of stuff. So I just want to raise my glass to him and his family for their fantastic vacation. And, of course, our buddy Vlad Sammer. Bill Worley from the Open Forum Radio Network from OFRCast. And I just want to thank you, Bill, for listening and shouting us out on the Open Forum Radio podcast. Uh, hey, keep listening and pass on the word to all your friends. I know you got a lot of friends that like to drink beer. So just pass us on, spread the word. We really appreciate it. And with that being said, I just have to raise my glass and thank Open Forum Radio Network for sponsoring the show, for hosting the uh, the show on their website at openforumradio.com. Uh, I just want to thank you. And also, there's a ton of great podcasts out there. Listen to all kinds of content. Go to openforumradio.com and just check it out. You'll find something you like, I'm sure. And also, I always need to raise my glass to the military men and women out there serving our country, protecting our freedoms, and allowing John and I to sit here and talk beer with you. And... To have these great festivals, like the Great American Beer Festival, where people can join and enjoy their craft and win awards and, uh, you know, enjoy good beer. Really enjoy what we what we do. We'd appreciate it if you could just uh, take a few minutes out of your time and just leave us an iTunes review. That just helps the show get recognized in the iTunes community and lets a lot more people find the show. And if you would like to contact the show... You can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at tapthecraft or leave comments on the show post on openforumradio.com or on Google Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And you can follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if the listeners want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? On Twitter at Prime Brewing on untapped prime wa and i write about homebrewing and beer at homebrewengineer.com all right well it's last call 
And you know what? I think I need a last call. And I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to bring this show to a close. It's been a long one. And I hope you guys appreciate it. Uh, we want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We hope you were able to find something useful. And we welcome you to subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or however you download podcasts. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And as a reminder, we do release a show every two weeks. So, uh, and we haven't missed a two-week show yet in 31 episodes. And uh, that's it. We'll see you next episode for episode 32. See you later. Cheers. You know, in your homebrew... Um, uh, <laughs> in your homebrew, uh, whatever, in your homebrew use. <laughs> Just, uh, I was trying to ad lib, but now I think I'm too, too tired and I'm sweating to death in, right now. Are you trying to ad lib and skim at the same time? Yeah, at the same time. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. All right, now it's time for our beer tasting segment, and we're doing it with. <laughs> should, I, should I start that one over? Sorry. Okay. Okay. Hey, it's Shaver from Open Forum Radio here. Want to go ahead and take a second to say thank you for checking out this episode of Tap the Craft. And I would like to encourage each of you to check out some of the other shows that we have here on the Open Forum Radio Podcast Network. Uh, we'll start it off with the original Open Forum Radio, The 40 Cast, Prove Your Point, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, My Peanut Gallery, The Married Gamers, Some Other Castle, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Just Press Start, Platform Junkies, and Jobbers on the Mic. Hey, be cool. Give a great review to all the shows you like on iTunes, Podbay, Stitcher, everywhere you can give reviews. Review every show five times, and you are officially a good listener. Also, go ahead and visit openforumradio.com, links to all the different shows. Uh, like the Open Forum Radio Facebook page, and... Uh, Take a second, if you like playing games online and with people and are cool, to uh, go ahead and look at Zabari's Gamer Information Spreadsheet. Fully useful information that will do nothing but enhance your online gaming experience. All right, folks, take it easy. Have a good day.